Welcome to Two Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Yep, watching for the very first time. Very first time. There we are. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a new season. Yeah, new Doctor. New Doctor. New decade. I know, crazy. In colour. I know, well, yeah. It will change. I was really worried about going to colour, but actually it was fine. Okay. (laughs) That was my biggest concern, so, okay, yeah, colour, woo! Bring yeah, it. well, this is very exciting. I think we should just go straight into the story. Oh, okay. So... Do you not want to set us up? Well, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> You join us, listener. We're in this unit tent. I've set up the podcast stuff. Uh, we've got a unit cup of tea. Of course. If you remember. Yeah. Monroe and the Brigadiers outside. <laughs> of course, yeah. There's a dog around. Do you remember that dog? The dog? There was a dog. Okay, there's not a dog. Uh, there's not a dog. Not there was a dog. Here, not around here. Okay, okay we'll try and remember the dog. And we are joined by a special guest as well, who is just about to enter the tent. <laughs> Mike, welcome. It's bigger on the inside. <laughs> well, yeah, welcome to the unit tent. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for having me. My security clearance got me through. Yeah, yeah, you got through all right. Psychic you paper didn't, and all. Uh, sort of rip the back of the tent and let yourself in. Yeah. How at? <laughs> so, you are a Doctor Who fan? I am. I am a Doctor Who fan. Good. Yes, you're, you're on my side. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been a Doctor Who fan? Do you know what? My first real memory of watching the show was um, 1996, the, the TV movie, the McGann. Wow. Appearing, although they did start re-showing it on BBC Two in the early 90s. Yeah, It was after the... <laughs> Uh, the six o'clock Thunderbird slot. You'd either get the Man from Uncle, um, other shows of that era, um, and I remember they 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 start. They didn't really commit to the run, did they? I remember them started the, the trailers for the Time Meddler. Rep, I think they went for a story, didn't they? Representative of each era. Um, uh, other people remember far more detail. They'd have looked at BBC Mark's Genome. So Sorry, that's my reaction because that's when I first started. <laughs> really? <watching>. Yes. <laughs> so I started with the Mind Robber. Did you? So right. It, and then, you, yeah, it was one for each Doctor. Uh, the Demons, uh, Genesis of the Daleks, Kate Trangizana. Yes, yeah. 90s fan then. Yes, just about 90s fan. I, for me, a, a few th- key things I remember. I remember the all the buzz around the TV movie in 1996, as we now call it. Um, the Radio Times did this wonderful pullout. You will remember this. As a, as a crash course for the show. And it was beautifully prepared. You know, quite a few pages to it. Uh, not just photos of each doctor, but key moments from each year, even equivalent of telly snaps, I suppose. And I really remember this. Is one of the many reasons I love Spearhead is the montage of shots they have from the very famous sequence midway through episode four, and a montage of monsters, a montage of guest stars throughout the eras. Um, it made you excited for a show. Probably the last taste people have got before this era of streaming and even widespread DVD use of discovering the show through a written medium as so many people did with the Target novels, before they'd seen repeats, before they'd even the show go out live. Yes, yeah, I remember the excitement for the, the TV movie because I always say Paul McGann is my doctor because that was the newest the newest thing that was on when I was watching. Yeah. So did you get the videos? Do you know what? I didn't oh, really. Or... I did, though. I did because my stuff, Jerry Anderson's always been my obsessive area of interest, of collecting, of memorabilia, um, of following the shows. I didn't get the videos. I 
did go to the Longleat exhibition. Mm, okay. And I own still, I think, a very a battered um, Daypol Dalek Cyberman with a leg fell off quickly. Um, <laughs> so that would have been, I'm not sure when that wound up, but it was still going strong circa 95, 96. And that was the first experience of, of really encountering the show. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's dipped back in. And, and then, of course, it was the revival. Um, but I remember the first time I say, watch Genesis of the Daleks, for example, a university friend. And then, yeah, we, we, we I, a real crash course over a number of years then in a pretty short space of time. That's yes. like you. Yes, I was going to say, like that's you. quite the same. Yeah. yeah, those 90s repeats, I think, had a big impact. They, that created so many fans. I think I so. Think. They chose well with what they went for. Yeah. But you were still seeing it in the manner in which people had discovered it before, albeit with the knowledge of, you know, there is a great history to the show, you know, on the eighth Doctor by then, uh, at least by the mid-90s. And... and you know, I remember going to the Museum of Moving Image in London, which isn't there, and it was where I think it's where the BFI is now. Okay, and yeah. they had uh, a selection of the props there. There was a Dalek that you could walk into with a vocoder that didn't quite work. I think I think the special weapons Dalek had been there, not to give us previews of the future, but <laughs> that wasn't there at any but that point. The prop had gone from that point, but um, and of course the show was off the air. Let's not forget this is a point where the show was gone and was treated probably as a little bit of a joke in, in the wider sense, although clearly fans and people who love the show and know it as well as we all do um, still had that great fondness for it. But, yeah, apart from all the novels and everything else that was going on at that era, to all intents and purposes, it was a, a well-loved but a thing that had passed, so it was a yeah. funny time to discover it. Then, speaking of Spear from Space, I think it was 99 they repeated on BBC Two. They started this season... And I think they only did the first two stories. I think that was an episode a week. So I remember all the trailers They did Doctor Who Night, yeah. Oh, and Doctor Who Night, yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think they did Doctor Who Night, then they launched with Spearhead from Space on a like a weekday, six o'clock on BBC Two. So uh, mm. I remember that being on. But I'd seen this on video by then, so... And it's that funny thing, isn't it, of what is your stepping on point? They clearly made choices, and we can all see through that era, of what would you show someone who's never seen the show before? And for me, Spearhead still is, in the sense of what it was set out to achieve, is you know, the show would survive one change of lead actor. Would it survive another? Again, hugely popular Doctor in Patrick Troughton. All of the changes behind the scenes, the needs to, to move to colour, which by no means the first colour TV show, but the majority of people still didn't have colour sets, so they still needed to move with that. And, of course, all the kind of upheaval behind the scenes that was going on that influenced the production of that show, you still bring it to it. What a wonderful start of going into a show if you've never seen Doctor Who before, if you've got the vaguest idea of what it's about, and you can jump on at that point, and you get that introduction. Well, yeah, it's a bit of a reset. I was going to say, there's nothing to from the previous season no. that goes, oh, we haven't got a companion or, or anything no. like that that we've had before. So It really does feel reset. like you're starting, like, you know, you just need the knowledge of, like, this person is the Doctor, which, you know, he is. But you, as long as you've got that, like, OK, well, this person is this character, you can just go with it. It's, it's a really interesting start. OK. Um, Sarah, can I ask you? Yeah. Before you watched this, did you know who John Pertwee was? No. Are you going to tell me? <laughs> right. Well, he's the third Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you I meant, meant like, he was in well, something. Did you know he was the third Doctor? Because you didn't no, know when no. we watched the War Games last time. No. You had no idea. But it, it's very clear that he's the Doctor because the first thing he does is walk out the TARDIS. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. fall out the TARDIS. But, when, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, when you were watching it, you didn't know who it was going to be. And so his face comes up in the opening. 
Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's a doctor. That's, that's really because... exciting, though, to not know what's coming up. To I know. And not know what to way. expect. Because that everybody would have had that at the time. I mean, Bertrand's a big name. Mm. and But he was known as a comedy actor, mm. uh, a very versatile actor. But, well, what's he going to provide? Yeah. What are we going to have here? And, of course, you see throughout the show, you certainly see without being too much of a preview of what's to come, seeing what what is the third Doctor all about? We all have a very clear idea now, those of us who've seen the seasons who love them and go back to them. I always find it fascinating to go back to Spearhead, where Pertwee himself, you can see, is seeing really, I think, what fits. A very, very assured leading man, a great career and a name behind him. But you see quite a lot of that comic side to him in there. Well, I, I said to you when we were watching it, because um, I watched it with Mike, just so... We always say how we watch it, so I watched it with Mike. Um, and... The first episode I came out, I was like, that could have been a Patrick Troughton script. It felt that, I felt, it felt that close to that doctor, the identity of a doctor that we know. Which, if I go back to when we had first to second doctor, that was a complete change. I mean, like, there was nothing about Patrick Troughton that felt like... Um, William Hartnell. Thank you, William Hartnell. There was nothing. So... This one, though, I was like... I watched the first episode and I was like, that could have literally been a Patrick Charlton script. Like, oh, it felt, It felt like as that character. And I don't know whether that was sort of... Didn't maybe... Because as it goes on, it cha- he changes. And I don't know whether maybe that first thing... There was just little... Um, there's the know. shoes moment. There's all the stuff in the bed when yeah. he's what and we now describe talking. as post-regenerative trauma. Yeah. Uh, but that, that wasn't a term for that then. And... Uh, the wheelchair sequence, yeah, all the of physical that. comedy. Although Trouton is a wonderfully physical actor, yeah, um, it's not the Pertwee that we later see, and the twinges of it. The Pertwee we later come to know is as a very straight laced character and but very the commanding way, even figure. His dialogue, he was like, mm, yes, that sort of. It was very like that's what the second Doctor was like. He I'm would putting be my very... hand on the back of my neck as I think at the moment in a very third <laughs> Doctor way as I try and reflect. <laughs> But yeah, it, he was very... That first episode, I was like, that could have been a sec... Well, for Patrick Trouton. Okay, like, because it'll be like interesting his... to see as we go through the third Doctor. Yeah. By the fourth one, I felt like that is... He's who, a bit more settled yeah. by that point. Well, he's yeah. not... You know, that felt like a, a script for a new Doctor. So, Mike, is the third Doctor one of your favourite Doctors? I find it so... really hard to choose a favourite. Okay. And there's something to like in every performance. Not yeah. to sit on the fence um, <laughs> at all, because... You know, I've enjoyed lockdown era, uh, finding the fifth Doctor's era, and really finding a lot to like in that. For example, um, I love the eighties era. McCoy's one of my favourites, and of course, third and fourth Doctor. But for me, for me, the third Doctor's era is you can return to so often, <laughs> um, long stories often too. But yeah. and watching in Spearhead all those elements that we come to really associate with the third Doctor era, sewing them there. Yes, we've met the Brigadier twice before. He's that one bit of commonality that's there. The TARDIS too, although plays a very small role in it. I think one of my favourite moments in Spearhead, and there are many things I love in it, you know, the whole cast, everyone gets quirky little scenes and, and moments to shine in it. My favourite bit is when the Brigadier is called to the cottage hospital. And of course, he hasn't seen the Doctor's face that. And you know he's expecting to see him. And of course, finally sees his face and with that air of disappointment and actually quite haughtily says, I've never seen that man before. Yeah. And of course, then you have the doctor recognise him, Lesbeth Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. What a moment. And it gives you the chills and, and that connection's immediately there. And you still see from, from Pertwee 
he's immensely trustworthy, I think, from the beginning. He's the doctor with his most dependable and moral and um, infuriatingly so at times and a little bit pompous too, but it's never allowed to undermine you know, the Doctor's integrity the itself. The Doctor is pompous. Well, actually, I, I was think... going to say, yeah, because yeah, the third Doctor, for me, sometimes, I think a bit later on, he gets a bit... You've got all this to come, Sarah. It's going to be interesting, <laughs> I think, even for me watching In Order now, because, yeah. I don't know, sometimes he can be a, a bit too pompous for you've me. you've found, haven't you, doing it, it In Order? On. In Order, I think it's going to change, you've, yeah. But you've found doing it In Order, sorry, that, that actually some of your opinions of the episodes have changed because you've been doing it in... You've sort of seen the build-up and, you know, that's sort of been an interesting thing for you as a fan. Yes, us doing yeah. This. So it's going to be interesting going through. In Spearhead, yeah. he's he's great. Yeah, I yeah. Think a bit later on, I get him mixed up with 90s John Pertwee character <laughs> and... Uh, I don't know, I think he can be a bit of a dick. <laughs> the <laughs> well, third Doctor. I've got this to find sometimes. out. That's what, I, that's what I think, but... I think the thing with the third doctor is, you know, he and doctors, um, doctors get reappraised constantly, and that's happened over the years. And and I, it's so that's why it's so nice seeing this. Actually, just watching the show for yourself and returning to the show for yourself, you haven't got the weight of other people's expectations and definitions and criticisms, even. Although that can always be an interesting companion read. Um, but I love how the third doctor, although he's characterised, I think misguidedly, as this quite authoritarian establishment figure, he. He's always pushing against that. He's pushing against people meddling and bureaucrats and people who are taking life and people's lives uh, too um, too loosely. And he really stands up and he is pushing that contrary point of view in the very best sense of the story very often. And there's some very key points coming up too where you see... Okay. Yeah. yeah, word of complexity. I see what you mean, but yeah, it's really difficult to, <laughs> to say without giving Sarah any spoilers. No, we won't. So we won't, we won't spoil it. It's interesting though. When I'm when we moved from the first Doctor to the second Doctor, I was so unsure of the second Doctor to begin with. Like well, he was a bit off in Power of the Daleks. For yeah, quite a while. It, I, I just I don't know. I was so used to the first Doctor, and I, so this new person, and I just. And actually, and then I grew to love Patrick Troughton as the Doctor, and that was, you know, he's just great. But early on, we had a lot of, I was like, I just don't know. I just can't, is he my Doctor? Like, I didn't feel that, you know? Whereas actually this one, I've come out and I'm like, I now whether this is because I'm getting used to the um, the way it's structured and stuff, and I'm like, okay, this is the Doctor now, and this is who it is, and I just adapt to it much quicker, that this is an ever-changing character. Um I don't know, but I felt a lot more settled with this guy being the Doctor straight off than I did with Patrick Troughton when he started. And talking of introductions, I do love the moment where the Doctor meets Liz Shaw for the first time. Yeah. And when you see other characters in the story, male characters in the story, talking down to her, although the Brigadier is, treats her with great courtesy throughout, and the Doctor immediately recognises a kindred spirit as a scientist. And there's that wonderful moment, the eyebrows, where the Doctor has talked about them coming in very useful on the planet Delphon. Yeah. yeah. And then Delphon for how do you do? And that winning smile immediately, and getting straight to work with her. And that's the first moment you see Liz being comfortable in the story too, because she doesn't want to be there. She doesn't yeah. want to be taken away from Cambridge. She doesn't quite trust the Brigadier, doesn't trust what the whole setup's about. And they get to work, and it, we were watching it, weren't we? And every time I see Spearhead, I think, are we sure it's only four episodes? 
we've got an awful lot to get through in the fourth episode, haven't we? <laughs> and it reminds me of that I, I always think, oh, the, the autumn breaking through the window is the start of episode four. It's not midway through. The doctor hasn't built his device yet to uh, tackle the nestings. Oh, or he has. And they deal with that. They deal with General Scobie very quickly. <laughs> they all come out. Yeah. But I like the pace of it. I really do. Oh, well, this is a fan favourite. This is yeah, definitely I, mean, I, can up there. I can see this why. This is considered a. And the look of it as well is very different. It's yeah, all and that's. On film. Yeah, of course. And um, that's because there were strikes. Is that right? Yeah. Shot it all in Ealing. I remember when I was living in Ealing uh, in London um, in about 2008, I remember watching the story. It was the first time I made the connection with it actually being filmed there. And hang on, that's where the Marks and Spencers is now, that key sequence <laughs> on, on the high street there. Mm-hmm. Goodness me. And yeah, shooting it all on 60mm film, it really adds, even those interior scenes. I found the sound quite off in some of the scenes. It's actually quite hard to, it's pretty echoey, but goodness me, I wish, and I'm sure I'm not the only person to think that they could have shot the whole show like that. Because oh, it adds had. such a sheen to it. It just feels like a completely different show, and yet the same. It's, it's really, and I, yeah, it's really well, good. I was going to ask you, what do you think of the new titles? Um, well, they're all colour. <laughs> so yeah, that was the thing. Was a shock. Yeah, and. I, part of me was like, was this what it always was? But then it was in black and white. I'd like a moment. But um, yeah, I, I like it. It's bright. It's like, hey, we're here in colour. Look at us. New titles, new face. Great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, let's. Um, I've got a few notes going through the story. So we'll, okay. we'll quickly go through the story and yeah. uh, pick up points as, as we go. Okay. They've come down. Where? Sector five. Epping. Bearing? Just working it out. You know, I still think it was a formation, Mum. So we have these meteorites land in Essex. That's your my neck of the woods. My neck of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oxney Wood, apparently, and I looked it up and it is a real place near Braintree. Have I know that been? area. There's a good designer outlet near there <laughs> <laughs> nowadays. A reasonable drive from TV Centre <laughs> to service sort of. Uh, and we see the Doctor land in yeah. TARDIS. We see the Doctor and then we meet Liz Shaw. We see Liz Shaw in that car, Liz Shaw's entrance. I've been to Liz Shaw's entrance. Oh, Mark, that is a line right there. I've been no, to Liz Shaw's no. entrance. Where she goes in the car, that's near St Pancras. <laughs> Ooh, and where that, you can go there. I went there last month. I've got a photo of it. I've been to Liz Shaw's <laughs> entrance. that car goes in out. under there, that's still there. You can see St Pancras Hotel in the background. Okay. And I visited it. We'll have it. to go. Yeah. I, yeah, I love it there. because it, it feels it feels very much a product of the year. You think they were shooting that in 1969 and it feels, again, the sequence of it, like something like the Avengers out of Department S, of Randall and Hopkirk, on those ITC shows. And it has that kind of glamour to it. It feels yeah. like L- London shot on film like that from that era looks wonderful. Although clothes watch, what Liz is wearing is very... I don't know, it's like this sort of vacuum-formed plastic on this oh, jacket. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Maybe it's time, modern. We're, we're into unit dating controversy now, well, so then, may, well, maybe it is a, a future that we never got. So we're going into the 70s and it's all very beige and brown and the brigadier's in his beige outfit. It's all very... For, for colour, you're like, oh, yeah. they could have had some bit more colour. Well, we already had And that's probably, the... again, an experience of shooting it. When you look at the shows that had been shot in colour for a few years by that point and... Well, the Avengers, for example, the colour palette they use, and you look at that done now, and goodness me, it pops out the TV. Mm. Although, I should say, by the late 60s, you look at the Tara King era, Steed's suits are all beige as well. He hasn't got those wonderful grey um, uh, cuts that he had before. Well, I noticed, I think Liz is, um, when she's being a scientist, <laughs> in her science outfit, I think that's a yellow coat rather than a white coat. And I thought maybe that's why. Did I see that as yellow? I'm sure I saw that as yellow. 
I, when she's, I, I don't know. I remember thinking, oh, she's not in a white lab coat. Maybe they put her in a yellow. It's a, got a yellow. I wonder tint. if that's like because, like you said, some people wouldn't have been on colour TV yet. Well, yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah, they're, so, they're still getting used to it. So well, you think they 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 did bear that in mind, of course, with the Hartnell Tardis set mm-hmm. and the console, and when they recreated it, it's green, isn't it? Yeah. So, Sarah, were you surprised to see the Brigadier? Did you remember the Brigadier? I did remember <laughs> the Brigadier. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I don't remember You people. didn't remember him at all in the Web of Fear <laughs> when we talked about it. You had no memory of him. Uh, I remembered so... him this time. I did remember him. Um, but I think that's because, like, in the Web of Fear, he was, like, establishes this new thing. With, so I, was, I hadn't put it in the context, whereas actually it's the exact same, this unit context. Does that right, make yeah, sense? Right, yeah, unit again. Yeah, yes. so like there was a yeah. similarity enough for me to follow. <laughs> but yes, the Brigadier, uh, I recognised him. That was nice. And then the other- I mean, can I just say, that actor probably didn't think he was going to be getting this much work from one character. And third <laughs> appearance now, at least. Well, it's funny because he wasn't... Nicholas Courtney had been in the show already before before from the Web of Fear and come out of the invasion. Yeah. He'd been in the show. Yes. And then, of course, he wasn't cast as... Um, Left but Stuart in the Web of Fear originally. He used to play Captain Knight, wasn't he? So that could have been the end of it. And he always struck me as someone I'd have loved to have met him because he was a guy who was very, very proud of his association with the show and, and was a familiar face on TV and those kind of parts. The, for me, the Brigadier in, in Spearhead is just absolutely his peak then and that early era. And he is that reassuring presence. And he, yeah. you're, you're with him because you're expecting to see the Doctor and you expect to see this happy reunion. And of course, you're completely cut short. And maybe there is that element of. Is he the Doctor or not? That seems sunk because you've not, you've not seen him actually regenerate. Yes, he's in Troughton's clothes when he falls out the police box in a long shot, but you don't see the face switch and that ease and moment of that. So there's still even that little seed of a bit of confusion and doubt. Yeah, because he doesn't say anything or do anything. No, for, for no. A while. So, the doctor, so you're following the Brigadier and Liz and they have this conversation. So what are your impressions of Liz? Um, I like Liz. I was really worried we were going to have a classic non-believing whole situation for ages where like we go like the whole story and they're like no none of this is true and I'm like get over it do you seriously expect me to believe that it's not my habit to tell lies Michelle that didn't last for long thank god well you have to have that you have to have it yeah because I mean it would be weirder if they were like you know if it's like aliens out there and she's like all right yeah okay so no um yeah I liked her She's got... Um, I grew to like been, her more. Yeah. It would have been interesting, though, if if Zoe had stayed on. Zoe could have fulfilled that somehow. But actually, She's yes. like a mix of Barbara and Zoe for me. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Because she's smart, but she's got, like, the everydayness of Barbara. Yeah? yeah. Okay, I can see and that. She does have a job to do, and you do actually see her being... As we see maybe later on with companions who have job titles in the... In the description only, who never actually fulfilled that, you know, Liz to the climatic scene at the end, actually fixing the machine, and that moment, that moment of her believing, actually is tied in with her engaging with the Doctor and quietly being impressed with him, recognizing that it's a sphere that was hollow, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, and it's dealt with pretty quickly that, and they just get on to work, which, which I do like yeah. in the story. Yeah, yeah, same, because it could have so been like a, a whole thing of her being like, "You're getting in the way," or denying it, or whatever, and it didn't. It just, it got on with it. And enjoy it when the Doctor gets on with it. And everyone yes. gets on with it. Like, all right, we're here. And you don't have to wait the whole story for that either, which no. is which is very good and, and 
certain certain episodes in the modern era could have learnt from that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to be out your comfort zone, but but not out of the comfort zone of liking the show, as someone put it once. So. <laughs> well, that's your opinion. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Well, going through to the end of episode one, you got that, like we mentioned, the, the chase with the doctor out of hospital in the wheelchair. Yeah. Bit of action Which there. was fun. I enjoyed and it. And that cliffhanger. Shot. That, shot. Yeah. What's he say? Like, who told you to fire, you stupid, or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> who told you to fire, you stupid? <laughs> is that Pertwee's first sort of that face that he makes when he gets shot, he's like, ooh. Oh, the eyes yeah. roll back. <laughs> and his eyes. I really liked the scene, and I'm pretty sure it was the first episode, when he sees his face for the first time. And we've said oh, this. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Where he has the mirror in the bed. Yeah. yeah. That, see, this, that whole thing, I could imagine Patrick Troughton hmm. doing all that. I've never, Yeah, I've never thought of that before, yeah. I, I could imagine Patrick Troughton, if that had been like the Doctor's and like his first or whatever, I, don't, I could just, I could imagine that. Uh, we have a Channing, creepy guy in the background of the hospital. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was creepy. He was really good. Now, colour, I think, makes people creepier, is what I'd like. <laughs> they it's have that plastic like a... sheen that they have given to his face does add something, that doesn't yes. it? So it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Deliberately done. <laughs> I thought that was really... And when there's that bit where he's looking through, I think it's a bit later, where he's looking through the sort of the glass and it's all... Yeah. The sees him in the, in the mm. factory. Yeah, he's he just there freaky. in the background. He's good because he's there in the background. He doesn't say anything. For quite a long time, he's just there watching with the crowd of the journalists. Yeah. You know, there's something. Yeah, you just don't know what, yeah. and actually, and you really don't know what because sometimes in these stories, it's really obvious that that you know, okay, that. But you, you like, I wasn't even sure if he was like part of the hospital, and he, was, I literally had no idea. I was like, this is really interesting. So then you go to the the plastics factory and seeing all the yeah. dolls being made and everything. That's so again, that was a good scene because like. It it built up, you know, something's going on here. It's all very dodgy. You can tell it's dodgy because there's a guy that looks like Mr. Bean who's just like, you know the guy? <laughs> who was it? Who did I say looked like Mr. Bean, Like, Oh, the uh, employee who's returned to find his uh, workshop uh, missing. Ran- is Ransom? Ransom? Ransom, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he looked like Mr. Bean. He had okay. the red tie of Mr. Bean. Yeah. He had the brown jacket and the trousers. <laughs> yeah, no, and I was said, like, there is a you're quite right on that. It's the exact colour. Clothes watch. Uh, he looked like Mr. Mr. Bean. Bean. <laughs> Maybe that's where the inspiration for Mr. Bean's outfit came from. Because mm. he pulls some great faces, very like, oh, when he's like he getting close later. But yeah. The so look then, of horror when the Auton moves, which is the end of episode two. End it? of episode two. So yeah, let me yeah. not jump ahead that's too much, right. but it's it's just and I just say in it, and, and Sarah will have her own observations on it, the Autons move so fast in this story. Yes, which that's adds what an incredibly that's what creepy down. quality. That's what makes them more of a monster. I love the Autons. They're one of my favourite. Oh. And they're never better either. They're never better. Is, yes. Yeah, they're not as good later on. Say, and, 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 and <laughs> later. Everything about them, it, it, it's the face. There's that hint of cruelty and personality in those face. The And just how fast they move. And the moment when the Auton runs out in front of the street, in front of the car, goodness me. Yeah, and that's, yeah. And that's what it is because you have all these monsters well, that we've had in the sixties, and they tend to sort of lumber on. You can run away from the Yeti pretty like, easily. Like an ice warrior, <laughs> the ice warriors don't move fast. The ice warriors are the worst. That's what it is in these. It's it's very simple. I mean, let's it's very not forget simple with the boiler suit. Let's not but, forget the ice warriors went into a whole room and completely missed that guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. In uh, what was it? Seeds uh, of death. Seeds yeah. of death. Like he's there. You can't yeah. miss him. They are useless. Yeah. But these guys, there's like, an auton straight in there. Yeah. 
Don't the Autons, the way they shoot, they almost hit people on target most of the time. Mm. <laughs> Which is rare. It's, it's one of many stories, but it's not very good to be a unit soldier, this one, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I think they're amazing in this. This is... And it's a great... It's We haven't had anything as scary, I don't think. I don't know. I think... The like entrance the, with, of the with, with Daleks the... is probably the closest I can think of in terms of fear. But because this is set on Earth in contemporary times... In the everyday. Yeah. With the unit soldier and like, the crash and you see the blood on the... Yeah. Which is very rare yeah, for Doctor that's, Who. You haven't seen anything like that before. No, no, Who no. It's really mm. stepped up. Yeah. Yeah, it felt you felt that threat. And they were weird. They looked weird and shiny. I couldn't get over how shiny they looked. I was like when... Um, when the the Auton pursues Ransom and and uh, shoots at him, and then he's spotted by Channing, everyone. When I think they're taking General Scobie to the factory, then aren't they? And the Auton looks down, disappointed, bows its head, and goes back in. But again, goodness me, they're spooky. Yeah. yeah. And the hands dropping off the the yeah. the sound of the rocket firing. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. and they don't speak. You don't have that no alien mm. voice or a hissing oh, or that. something like that because they're silent and they just move fast and they're yeah. after you. They the can chase you through the woods. Going through the woods, <laughs> trying to recover the the um the sphere from the Seely's house is again a horrible, horrible oh, okay. chilling scene. But... That's where the dog was. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> the mystery solved. This is good <laughs> collaboration, isn't it? <laughs> Done well. So yeah, I was gonna say about that. I've I've just wrote Farmer Sam. So, oh yeah. my god. They were <laughs> Farmer like Farmer Sam and his wife. His wife. That was just like the best I cameo. I think they need ever. to go down as a and a Best Couple Award for oh our Oscars, maybe. Have Big Finish approached... Have, attempt, have, have Big Finish attempted to recast uh, Sam and Mrs. Seeley? Oh, that would be amazing. She's That'd just be got the best on their lines. Farm. They could find an alien threat in the woods every week. That's <laughs> good. He the shotgun works. Yeah. The shotgun like, works. The dog's fine. What have you got again? Because <laughs> yeah, that's it, the dog was there. It was in the house. And then that's how you know something... Don't, the dog's up and she's going, oh, shut up. And then, whatever it's called. And then it goes... Ey, ey, and she's like, Ooh. horrible. And you hear and you see, it's a, you know, for, for what's quite a broad comic performance, utterly terrifying that. Yeah. And we're very used in Doctor Who, we're, we're used to it in, you see it in the Avengers happen quite a bit. I always think with the Cybernauts, if we can mm. jump another show, firing the weapon in vain mm. as the thing slowly and inexorably approaches. Get back. I'm not joking. Get back. Utterly terrible. It doesn't even yeah. touch her. Well, you don't see that, and and she's okay. Yeah, but it's an utterly chilling I scene. She's dead. I thought she was actually. I wrote she's dead, and then Liz was like, <laughs> "Oh, she's going to be all right." And I crossed that out. Like she's fine. Well, <laughs> you I was just say, I was like, she must be yeah, dead. Yeah. Because these things are killers. I mean, not only five minutes before there was blood on a screen. You know. Yeah. So I'm good for her getting the gun and having a go. I'm having a go. She's yeah. She is great. I like. I love her. She made me laugh so much. She was proper like, and I, I like she was from Somerset. We were outside. I was like, it was this classic like. <laughs> she was from Somerset. <laughs> she was. Mind your own business, woman. <laughs> I think her first name is Meg. Actually, I might be wrong, but okay, you've gone for that. Meg. I'm going to go to the TARDIS to... data core just to see the backstory that's been written for the Sealies now. There will be something. I'm Someone sure will I... correct. I did so when we were watching Meg. it, and I saw Robert Holmes's name come up, and I didn't want to. Um, lecture Sarah on this by any means but I said yeah I do think the Seelys count as the Holmes double act 
right. the story yeah. of which we see, which is a wonderful trait of so many others to come. I think they, they're the only ones who qualify. I think they do. And I would argue that because those scenes are absolute gems. And there is that, that, again, yeah, we're not in suburbia in the countryside. There is that banter, that trivial banter and everything, utterly destroyed potentially by the horror of what's happened. Mm. It yeah. reminded me of Last of the Summer Wine with Aliens. <laughs> That's what it was. That sort of humour that you got the oh oh and like with Last of the Summer Wine, but actually something I noticed in their little house when it all got yeah. trashed, there's a piano in there. There okay. is thinking which one of them plays the piano and do they have a bit of a whose piano is that? But you hit the nail on the head there because it's something that's relatable and it's yeah. understand, you know, he's picked them, he's a poacher, we know that. He tries to tempt the soldiers with some rabbits. Um he's stole well, he's he's taken it. He there's that wonderful scene too when he's in the tent as well, and I didn't say nothing about no sphere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And inquiring if there's a reward, and there is that element of greed, but it's um, yeah, it's really great. memorable scene. And I love her. I love <laughs> her, really and good. she lives. What a rare and of course thing. they make yeah. it there, but just a little bit too late to avoid. Yeah. Well, they do encounter the autumn, they don't they? And away, again, you they? have the firing doesn't work. Returns. Yeah, it's recalled, and you get the sense there we are. The that tight shot that's on on Channing, saying that there are too many of them. It's not the right time for the confrontation, there's a hint of what's to come. And it's, um, yeah, with Channing watching or he's got... Yeah. Sort of mind, it's really simple. It's just a close-up with the camera. There's no extra spacey yeah. things that they could have added to make it... He's just close-up right It feels there. very and fresh in how it's shot. I, know, I remember the scene with the brigadier at the hospital. Um, I'm walking I'm, through the corridor. Walking through the corridor, and that mm. shot handheld. Mm. And you're in there in the crowd. I mean, that was not multi-cam in... TV centre now that's the way they couldn't have shot it in there uh, it would have been very difficult to do so and it puts you in then the bustle there's the reverse walking along the corridors there's a real sense of drama that's actually influenced and heightened by the directing choices in that story it feels like a movie well mm. the editing I think because it's on film must have been easier to do so there is a lot of back and forth you can edit yeah. it, it feels more, fresh It's and it's still actually it doesn't apart from clearly if it's, it's of its time but it it really, really adds the drama. It's one of the best, I think, one of the best directed who's of the classic era. What, uh, what's the name of the writer? Robert Holmes. What's he done before, Mark? He's done the Crotons. Oh, okay. You, you liked the Crotons. I did like the Crotons. Surprisingly, <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's still surprised at that. <laughs> <laughs> Which what? Hang on, remind me. Crotons. Um... Varner and the Cape. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 with that, with that, with that, with that, just yeah. a shout out for Mullins as well, the porter, phones in for stories. Oh, yeah, do you know what, I find him really annoying. <laughs> That's his actual voice. That's his actual yes. voice. Yeah, yeah. Thomas, and he, yeah. he, um, he, you see him later on in The Green Death. You do, yeah. And I have oh, a I like friend his... of mine is, is a relative of his, and oh. he sadly he died in the early 80s, but oh. a friend of mine is his nephew. I like his character mm. in The Green Death. In mm. this one, though, he's... Oh, he's just stirring it up. Are you pay for stories? Yeah. yeah. He's just stirring it all up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but he does, he does stop the journalist getting through those. More than my job's worth, boys. Yeah. <laughs> so he does do his job. And he, and he, he uh, vacuums as well, doesn't he? It's the vacuuming scene. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's shown as <laughs> being... Yeah. There's a moment to come, and, and I, um, I maybe won't join you for this particular podcast, but uh, where... A, a well-known antagonist of the Doctor who does appear in the Pertwee era is also shown being really, really diligent and getting on with some paperwork in um, in the office of the company they've just taken over. 
And I just thought that's a lovely moment, that. (laughs) Watch out for it when you see the story. It just stuck me when I watched it again. (laughs) This is like Mark's greatest, like, issue... Because I can't have spoilers. I'm so trying not to, yeah. And that's not a spoiler, hopefully. Unless I, I hope I'll probably forget for that I'll particular forget. story. That's that's not yeah. the um, that's not one of the key moments that he was well, talking no, about. Yeah, I'm but, sure. Yeah. We've jumped around quite a lot, so let's just let's just carry on jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> the plastics factory. Yes. Um, where they filmed that, they filmed the invasion there. That's Vaughan's. Oh, okay. Uh, office bit there. Yeah, you yeah. know where they're they're running out and the. The doctor's yeah, yeah. running down there. That's exactly the same bit there. Mm. I noticed. Yeah. Fact. There we are. There's a fact. <laughs> Mark fact. So we don't know if it's true or not. But No, it is true. I looked that one up. Yeah. Oh, General Scobie. He's quite a good character. Yes. And he's very... And he, when he meets his double... Yeah. Good double work. Because yeah. Doctor Who is not great for its double work, on the whole. I was trying to work out, because you see him and... You see the the double in the doorway with the the shiny face, yeah. And then that double that they've got is sort of almost side on and looks exactly like him. Yeah, really, it's good because that is not their forte. Let's not forget. And we're moving into an era now where where people will be less forgiving and would notice Mm. that kind of thing. It's less yeah, and you can cut back and forth, I suppose, on film. It's easier to do mm. rather I was than say like, fake Jamie, rather but... than well, fake Doctor in the chase and, and yeah. things like that. Um, and actually, that house is now a hotel. Very nice. Up. You should both go there. <laughs> it's a bit of work being done, but that entranceway is still is sort of there. Yeah, you can recognise the window. Uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to go and stay there, I'd, what's it called, Mark? I can't remember now. I should have written it down, but I just know it's a preferential hotel. rates available. Uh, <laughs> can recreate that for, moment. With the two watch who just can't code. So. <laughs> Dress up as General Scobie. Yeah, I mean that's uh, General Scobie night. Working wristwatch. <laughs> General Scobie night. <laughs> You're all dressed up. as You all have to go as as the civil service uh, waxwork people. Yeah. Plastic plastic replicas. Oh, we're actually talking about Madame Two Swords. They yeah. filmed that in Madame Two Swords. Did they? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't obviously look. Have you guys been? So. I haven't been to Madison. I haven't, no. Years and years ago, it must have been sort of the 90s, because I remember we had a, there was a brochure from Madame Two Swords, and it had, like, Kylie Minogue, Crocodile Dundee, Manuel <laughs> from Faulty Towers. Um, and I don't really remember, actually, the trip to Madame Two Swords, but I just remember this brochure and looking through it, and there was a picture of Picasso, the waxwork of Picasso sitting in a chair, and it scared me so much as a child, because it's just this old man <laughs> staring yes. in this chair. And his and his face is just like it's just really scary. <laughs> just the way his eyes. And I just was terrified of this Madame Tussauds brochure. I mean if, if if that Picasso was an Auton, oh my god, that would just be the that would be the end of me. But it's actually it's 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 really interesting. Um because I, I sort of made a joke, I was because Gandhi's there, and I was like, oh, yeah, let's watch Gandhi again for life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's and I was trying to work out, there are some I think the, the civil service people are actors there just standing there because you can see them just, slightly just, wobble. Just staying yeah. still, yeah. And then obviously they've got Gandhi and a few other mm. <laughs> historical people in the background. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted that to be Gandhi, like <laughs> cameo and him just like walk off. Yeah. And then his hand snaps down and yeah, it'd be, yeah. be chilling. Yeah, they could have done that. That would have been a, a different take on it. Like, <laughs> well-known historical people. But it was interesting, like, oh no, we don't do wax anymore. They're all plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I do recommend going to Madame Swords though. <laughs> okay. Although they labelled Naomi Campbell as an actress, 
I was oh, like, is that right? That's not right. Uh, the camel's a model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> then let's get to the iconic episode four then, the shop window dummies, which is what everybody remembers. <laughs> It's really scary. Yeah. It's it's like it felt as iconic as the Daleks coming out of the water or the Daleks over the bridge. It's yeah, it's in that category. Definitely. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and you don't actually see any glass smash. No, it's just you see them stand up and then you hear the then you hear it and the musical stings. The musical stings yeah. as they do it, and there's so many things that. I mean, quite a lot of effort would have gone into shooting that sequence with the number of performers there. But then it's what you get a sense of something much bigger happen. I remember saying when we were watching it, there's an awful lot of scenes immediately picking up from the previous one. So the brigadier's immediately on the phone getting reports of similar cases all over the country and sites being attacked. You don't see the military bases and government sites being attacked, but you believe it's happening. And the urgency with which that scene is shot and edited and put together really puts a pace to it. Well, they had enough sort of people in the streets mm. uh, and that went on long enough because it hasn't happened before because in the invasion we saw a couple like two or three people fall asleep and that was about it yeah yeah um they've done it really well to make you you do believe yeah you do believe that that's happening all those people at that bus stop they're in a very straight line <laughs> guy on the bike as well <laughs> yeah, yeah the guy going off the bike yeah um, i always remember that from that radio times guide 1996 and the shot of the policeman's face yes and it's um also, Awful. all of the... I was like... I started naming them as Beatles because they yes. all have the same hair. Like, <laughs> so I was like, oh, the Beatles here. There's Paul. There's Ringo. Because <laughs> they literally... They all had the same hair on those uh, well, That's mannequins. the time, isn't it? Yeah. Well, of course it is, yeah. And that's part of, like, yeah. the joy of it. Like, because it is... Well, they're in close with the time, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um... If if a well-known discount retailer is looking for more ideas for their Doctor Who figure range to reissue, and they have <laughs> very uh, kindly already done uh, an Auton of that era, another one, uh, but if they did them in those costumes, I'd probably buy them. Oh, yes! Policeman yes. and the woman the woman with the handbag and yes. everyone like that, yeah. yeah. Easy to do, easy to do. That's, oh, yeah, I can't believe they've not done that. And they could use the... Um, the hair head sculpt to do a Jamie too, couldn't they? <laughs> they really good. Making a little go a long way. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And you have a little picture in the in the box of the of the shop window. Yeah, of the, yeah. yeah. very good. Mm. Oh well, well if you're listening are. out there, Algera, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the Doctor putting this gadget together, and. I mean, yeah, in part four, there's a lot to cram in to get everything sorted. What do you think of the actual nesting creature? Because you've got the thing in the box, haven't you? And then you have oh, the tentacles yeah. later on. I mean, I, this is I where... I do think the tentacles let it, this story down. Oh, actually, I quite... There's one thing. I preferred the tentacles to the thing in the box. <laughs> right. So the cling film this, effect. The cling yeah. film, yeah. Like, that's why colour lets it down. Yeah, actually, yeah, if that was in black and white. I reckon that would look really eerie in black and white. But because we can see, we see more with it being in colour as well. It like, I was a bit like, mm. oh. But the tentacles are the best tentacles I've seen so far. I don't know. And with the like, doctor's We've face seen the footage all, of, um, I think that's what was the one with the crab people? Macroterra. Yeah, they were bad tentacles. Mm. Their tentacles, yeah, they're well, sort of claws. claws. A bit of they claw, were, wasn't We've it? seen the footage of that, that was shit. This was yeah. like I don't much know. Better. That's the only he did thing. It much I think. More, he did it really believable because you can tell they're not moving much. But I don't know what else they could have done. 
No. I don't know what the alternative would have been. Because you need that. Would have been you need with something the mind. Like that. No, I and it's know. not. It's not pretending to be something that isn't. It is. It is a creature in a tank. Basically, yeah. we're not expected to believe it's fifty foot tall. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I suppose one thing we haven't talked about is actually what will become a staple of other stories: is the Doctor finding his costume. Oh yes, yes. Mark and the car watch. and the singing oh, in the shower. Yeah, oh, the I shower. Love that. The tattoo. Yes. That was yeah. Well, that's a surprise. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's going to happen. Right straight. What episode one is that or two? That is yeah. That's right at the beginning. He's yeah. getting naked in the shower, yeah. having a sing. That shower is still there as well. Have you been? <laughs> no, I've seen someone on Twitter. It's standing. It's still there. You after all this time. Oh my God. You, that, you can go to that house. It's been there. bought by a fam, it isn't it? And preserved. Hasn't changed yeah. though. Why? In all these years, it's iconic, that Mark. Uh, and, the, and where the, the hospital is and everything. That's all the wooden panelled thing. It's all still there. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, but yeah, change, yeah, finding. What do you think of the Doctor's outfit? Um, with the cape, and I, I mean, he has the hat as well to begin with. Yeah, it was not. It was good. I mean, I thought it was a really over the top outfit because even when that other Doctor comes in wearing it, I was like, has he just come from the opera? Like that what is really is, odd, isn't it? That it's that, a really that, odd outfit for this Doctor. Like the Doctor is in. You like the um, Doctor's only thing in the parking. Speaking of... Um, that was a funny touch, yes. Yeah, <laughs> And when he, he sees it, he sees the sign yeah. and, and, and then goes... Through. It's a wonderfully played bit of comedy, yeah. which Pertwee is so good at doing. Yeah. And um, yes, you, he is, it's a pretty broad performance from him, at least the comedy side of it here and the, the gurning and mm. the physical comedy. But he does do it awfully well. Yeah. So the medical doctor... <laughs> I was like, that is a really bizarre outfit. Where has he come from? Like, I know he's supposed to be higher up, but he literally looked like he's come from the opera, like, straight off the stage. Looked like Pavarotti's just come, like, <laughs> in for a quick scene. But he's like a specialist from somewhere, isn't he? It's the weirdest thing. And, and so have, and it looks could... really good on him. It looks really cool and quirky. And I can be like, I can understand where he's going, like, oh, that. But it was a randomest outfit to suddenly find in a medical doctor's dressing room, in yeah, my but opinion. He had to, you had to be there because otherwise, what's the doctor going to steal? Like, just the white lab mm. coat? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. wear that for the rest of his time so yeah and i do think with Pertwee such physically a commanding presence that he, he inhabits it pretty well i mean we yeah. part of the the fun thing of the year is seeing how it evolves and mm. and that that inimitable style that he does have mm. and, and it is it is um a degree of pomposity very flamboyant but yeah if you can um if you can pull it off then yeah with that yeah, yeah i love the cape I love yeah. the cape, it's cool. Fan of the cape. And the are you going to get a cape? Are you going to make a cape? Do you know, I've never thought of it, but I'm thinking about it now. Of course you are. <laughs> because <laughs> we, were, we were enjoying, weren't we, the, the exchange with, with the brigadier later on, where the doctor is trying to discuss his terms, although he hasn't really got a lot to bargain with because he is trapped there. And it's so sweetly done. And, and um, the Pertwee doctor is... Not modest is not the right word. Pertwee, when he's... He's bargaining and negotiating for what he can have and, and ever so slightly apologetic for taking the car and everything, but, but negotiating the, the other one. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he really was. When can we car. go and choose it? Yeah. It's lovely. It's this childlike presence that comes across. Yeah. Which is what the Doctor kind of is. There's, that's the nice... There's the innocence of the Doctor as well. Mm. Like, he's a very... Um, heart on his sleeve, innocent character, but he's also incredibly smart and knows a lot and has seen a lot of. And he's lot. He wants to help. I mean, you know, he could easily. Uh, you know, there's never a moment where you wouldn't see um, the Doctor undecided about helping Unit here. Absol- I mean, he, he sees them at threat. Well, he wants the key for the TARDIS. 
But uh, yeah, but he would help anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He? But then well, he wants to keep the TARDIS to try and Liz help. To yeah. stealing the key though. Yeah. There's that lovely moment. Liz has got the key from the brigadier. who doesn't really have much time for. Her. Classic. And then confronts him and. Um, and just watching the dynamic and the power shift is lovely. Yeah, I enjoyed him. Well, I guess so, because he sort of fell to earth, didn't he? And maybe he was like, oh, I can get out. Oh, wait, no, I can't. That happened. And it was quite, again, it's sort of, it's a a good moment of like, you see his power, like you say, the shift is there. He can't do what he wants. So he's got to work with it. And he wants to. He's not a bad person. The Doctor is never... He might do silly things and make mistakes, but he's not a bad person. That's what makes the doctor, the doctor, deep. Well, he ends <laughs> up. He's got. He gets a job with the unit then. Yeah. That's where we are. That's handy. It's very handy that he just happens to fall in Essex and the unit were just close by, wasn't <laughs> it? Really, very handy for him. The whole of um, Earth. It's not even the UK. The whole of Earth that he could have landed on. That's where it was. Very nice of the Time Lords to arrange this, isn't it? I know. Yeah. Very nice of them. Yeah. Changed uh, his face, but that's where he is. So what are your thoughts going forward? What are you um, thinking? What would you like to see? Well, it's interesting because, like you said, we've got a companion because a companion... So, well, just yeah, going back to well, companion talk, Okay. right? So you said a companion is someone that travels... Lucky, you've already like... <laughs> I know what you're going to say. It's, or it's someone that travels in the TARDIS and goes through to the next story... So none of these, in theory, are companions because none of them travel in the TARDIS. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> so we haven't got companions, if we're going by that. Well, we'll see what happens, won't we? We will. But That's I, where I'm at that, now. Yes, I do go by that. Um, actually, Mike, can we ask you, are Katerina and Sarah Kingdom companions? Well, that's the debate that's been going yeah. on for that is our the best <laughs> part of sixty years, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what would you Where say? Do you, that Where do you? Um, limited story appearances. I think we're allowed to count them. Yes, they're not companions. Yes, they're not. You see, I wouldn't. I mean, Dodo of, had limited. So. I mean, in terms of what we've seen in the Brigadier, I wouldn't count him as a companion. A companion. No, he's not a in companion. In the same way as... He's not a companion. Because he's always, he's course, always stays there. Of course, see. with, with uh, the 13th Doctor's era, they're referred to as friends of the Doctor. Friend, yes. Yeah. So, um, friend, well, yeah, I see. So we'll and, see. I've got so without see. without, without spoiling anything that happens in the future, yes, yeah, so I think <laughs> it's... I'm just glad the Doctor has company. And I, I, love, yeah. I yeah. That, love that of the Pertwee era, the... Um, you know, driven by what were budgetary choices to, yeah. to set the stories on Earth, at least... To, for the beginning, um, and everything that goes with it. You know, there is that familiarity. The show really in its imperial phase here with some absolutely iconic monsters, a fantastic Doctor, and its supporting cast who all get their moments to shine, which is the really nice thing about it. And I think, again, you look at other eras of the show, are they there? Is it just the Doctor who gets them to do, or does the Doctor do nothing in the running of the stories? No, the balance is right in this era. It's a, and that's what it, yeah. makes it so satisfying. But also, that's, that's, you're right there. Balance is really good here. Like, if we look at previous companions of the Doctor, you know, there feels a really nice balance between Liz, the... Brigadier. The Brigadier, thank you, and the Doctor. Like, there's the Brigadier has the status that the Doctor doesn't have right now, which is an interesting... Well, this... And yet, actually, he has all the power. He has all the knowledge that the Brigadier does not. 
But in terms of like earth and status, the Brigadier is it, like the Doctor can't go and can't do anything. He is there. He's powerless to the terms that they are setting. It's well, very interesting. We'll see how this goes because mm. that, that first story of each Doctor is always slightly different. You always have the Doctor thought of out of it for the yeah. first couple of episodes. Yes, yeah. I really liked always... it though. I did enjoy it. Good. It's a good start. It's a really good start. And it was only start. four episodes as well, which is good on you. <laughs> good on me. Four's like a good amount for me. So yeah. go on, tell me about the next one. Oh, okay, right. Well, it leads um, okay, on nicely. Here we go. So the next story is seven episodes. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> That's what we have to do in That's one sitting. That's going to be a tough one. <laughs> it's a good one, though. I struggle with well, more than four. Like, yeah, when we get to it's five, it's like... And six is like, oh, my gosh. Mm. So seven's like, we're, we're touching... I can't split it either, so seven. Eight, I could. Seven's tricky. Anyway, go on. Break it to me. And it's called... Doctor Who and the Silurians, oh. to give it its proper title. So it's called Doctor <laughs> Who and... Doctor Who and the Silurians, that's what comes up on screen. So therefore that is what it's called. How or interesting. the Silurians, probably some people would say, but... Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be set on Earth. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I presume. And I don't know. Liz in her new Barbara Zoe role, as you've said, will, I don't know, really help the Doctor and they'll become a like, little duo. And okay. the Brigadiers, they're like the um, dad of the series, like, oh, oh, so we'll see. That's what I'm imagining. Okay. Yeah? I can't wait to hear what you make of it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, there we are. We will find out next week. Yeah. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> One day I shall come back. <laughs> I didn't even plan to say that. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back for the three doctors. Oh, that's a... Oh, oh there's a spoiler. <laughs> oh. Didn't say what happens in there, did I? <laughs> There'll be outrage now. There's going to be outrage oh on God. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tantalising glimpse of your future. <laughs> we don't know when that happens yet. No, so. we don't. Okay. 1987. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. <laughs> well, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at 2WatchWho and you can support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash 2WatchWho. And thank you to our supporters. Yes. Our Katarinas and Edith. Edith. <laughs> Sorry. Edith. There we go. Oh. The first mention of Edith for this season. See you next week. Bye. 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 Watch who?